All right, we on. This is the episode two of the Journey Podcast. My name is Tyrone Miller. I will be your host. And this podcast is basically everyone has a story, and we are what we need. So we're gonna inspire and be inspired. So I got a guest on here today. I'm gonna let him come on. Of course, I'm gonna give you the breakdown. Don't say your name. Don't. You can say where you're from. But, you know, we just pretty, we talking, man. It's a beautiful conversation, and we want your story to inspire millions out there that's going to listen to this podcast. I am definitely from New Jersey. I am New Jersey. Wherever I go in my life since I was born, and I've been different places in my life, traveled when I was a kid. But I always come back to New Jersey. I don't understand. I could have stayed here and there and just done different things, but I always come back home. Hey, nothing wrong with that. That's good, man. That's good. I can't stay away from the family and people around here because that's the way it is. Hey, man, we going to get into it, brother. So, first question, where did your journey start and where were you born? Uh, uh, born, Princeton Hospital. Uh, what year, if you don't mind asking? Oh, 66. Okay. I'm 56. All right. Ain't nothing wrong with that, man. Look, yeah. we embracing it, man. Listen, your, listen. You, the, the preface of this is your story is going to inspire people, brother. Just by, I, I know some tidbits about your life already, mm. but it's going to be a, a blessing to get to know more about your life and to hear your, your ups and downs and all your struggles and whatever may be going on in your life. We're going to talk about it. Okay, uh, going back to Cranberry. So that's where I, if somebody asks me where I'm from, I say I'm from Cranberry. Right. But there's Jamesburg and Heightstown and but Cranberry is basically a, basically a, a white township. And there was only a handful of black families that lived in Cranberry at the time that I was born. Right. So, but uh, I enjoyed it, but I didn't understand that there was different issues at school like that. All right, so let's get into the next question. How was your childhood years? Like, so you gave it a quick preface of you growing up in an area where there wasn't many black families and you being a black man, mm. how, how was that experience and how, generally, how was your childhood years overall? Overall, it was, uh, it was an experience that I, it was a journey that I needed to get, get into to understand people better because dealing with other cultures, other people, then I, I, that had to help for me, how I deal with people. Right on a one-on-one basis. Right, you know, I I can be here, and I live in Ewing, New Jersey, right right. now. So, but uh, it helps me deal with people. If I was to go outside of Ewing, New Jersey, or if I went outside New Jersey, period, I think I would be able to um, connect. Could definitely connect with, with with people, or try to understand them better. Right, you move with an empathetic heart. You want to understand people's struggle. Right. I got you. Right, right. So that's that's one thing that about me. Um, just, I don't have focus on any one group of people. I focus on everybody. And it um, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. People don't understand. Right, you know? right. Well, you know, depending on people upbringing and their environment and their yeah. upbringing and all that, yeah. that's that's a that go, a a lot goes into 
the way people think mm. off their environment and how they was raised and mm. all that stuff and then the environment they was raised in. Because, mm. you know, I, I always go by with me. Man, a lot of people, you know, I, I, I'll tell a little bit of my journey. I came up mm. and we lived in the hood right. and we moved to Hamilton, New Jersey. Hamilton. And then, there. So when we moved to Hamilton, we moved to a neighborhood pretty much like yours. It was all, I was, it was two minority families, well, three. Right. Two black families and then a, a, China, a Korean brother. I'm sorry. Yeah. Shout out to my boy Peter Lee. And uh -oh, names? Yeah. Oh, well, you're right. You're right, man. Oh, my fault. Well, they know who I am, so I feel like I can give a little bit of background. But my boy Peter Lee, man, straight from Korea, man, put me on a kimchi, uh, all types of good stuff. Bulgogi, man, that shit is delicious. <laughs> you yeah, ever yeah. had bulgogi? No, no. Oh, I, man. Yeah. I'd like to try, I would try it. I've tried a lot of things in my life going around different people and liked it. Yeah, listen, me too, brother. That's that's the, look, that's all we're talking about, man. The journey through life and what we've uh, gained and perspectives we've taught, gained through the journey. I was going to ask you a question because you were, on, you were on time. You said we're going to start this at this time. And so I was like, oh, here he is. And it was like 15, not 16. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I, I wanted to ask you if you military. Or I'm, I'm not military. I ain't, man, I ain't got nothing military about me, brother. Like, I, I'm, I'm actually anti-military. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's all about peace and love out in this world for me, man. Like, I think, we, you know, wars and all that, it ain't my thing, man. We can all coexist. You know what I mean? I see them stickers on people's cars, little bumper stickers that say coexist. I'm like, oh, man, I like that person. Even though I don't know what they're about. See, but you should have went overseas to school. You should have went there. They would have got you. Oh, well, hold you. on. Hold on. Let's talk about that. So, overseas to school. Yes. So, let's talk about that part of your life. So, I'm going to give a little preface. I mean, I'm not even going to give a preface. I'm going to let you tell it, brother. Um, I'm a military brat. I'm a military brat. And I think other military brats, they recognize each other if they meet them and have a conversation one time right because you'll know but military brats don't have a whole lot of friends but they have good friends that are tight with them from when they were little kids right like I still speak to some people from when I went to Greece I lived in Greece for uh, three and a half years Ooh, you worldly. I got I got there at 10 years old because my stepfather was in the military Air Force McGuire Air Force Base. We lived on McGuire. Right. In the trailer park at first, right next to the runway and all that. All uh, that loud noise. So hold Shaking on. the window. So hold on, brother. Yes, you, you said a lot there. You said you lived in the military. You lived yes. in a trailer park. I went backwards. And then you 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 lived on the Air Force Base. Yes, Air Force And then base. you went to Greece. You lived in Greece. Yes. As a matter of fact, let me, let me give another question. Yes. What, what countries outside of the United States have you lived in? Uh, Greece. Um, my mom and my stepfather, they moved to Saudi Arabia, uh, and so basically that was where my mother was, that was my home. So right. <clears throat> they lived there for three years, so I would go back and forth, and uh, after that I went to England because I moved from Hamilton High School West, Right. Hornets right here. Hornets represent. So uh, I, I moved from Hamilton for a family thing, and I, I said I want to go to Saudi Arabia no high schools in Saudi Arabia. So now I still gotta pick a school where I wanna go. So I'm 16 years old when I have to make this life-changing decision. Right. This, this is not where you gotta go to this elementary school or a high school. You have to go to this school and you're choosing it. I, right. So that's, that's a I, rare situation. Yeah, so I, I chose England. My thought process was, well, I wanted, I would like to go to a different country, 
I wanted to go to Italy, but I ended up going to England because I wanted to go to some place where I could at least have a halfway decent conversation. I they don't right. have to learn English and I right, don't have right, to learn right. that stuff. England was it, and I still didn't even understand them sometimes when they talk. Right. So <laughs> you had a choice to go. I you had you a choice. What's some of the countries you could have went to to school other than England? Uh, Italy. I was supposed to go to the school in Italy, uh, international school, uh, Mount Saint. Oh God, I forgot. That's a long time ago. That's 1983. Um, but I can't remember. But Italy, definitely. I was thinking about that, and I thought about another international school, and I think it might have been in Africa. Yeah, but England was the one. I just said, I'm out of here. I, I gotta go. I gotta see something different. Should I have been scared? I'm 16 years old. My mom put me on a plane in Saudi Arabia and said, here's your ticket. Here's some money. I'll call me when you get there. Woo! That's a, like, see, that's something kids these days wouldn't know about. Like, though, <laughs> it's, man, I, I got two kids. They in college now. Man, I was worried sick the first day. Like, yeah. man, I don't know. I hope they all right down there. Yeah. Your mom sent you to England yeah. by yourself yes. at 16 years old. Yes, and when I got off the plane at Heathrow Airport, and I didn't know how to get to the school, but I had the uh, pamphlet of the school with the address and pictures from last year. The right. Pamphlet. And uh, so I had that on me, and I gave it to the, the taxi driver when I got out of Heathrow Airport, and I told him, I said, I need to go to this school. Do you know where Watford is? And he said, yes, I do. And I said, I need to go there. And I went to sleep. I just let him go ahead and drive. I was just, like, so nervous <laughs> and all that. I That's was some 16-year-old shit yeah, right there. Like, I don't even know what to do next. I just told him I got, I didn't tell him how much money I had on me, but I had enough to get me probably from one side of England to the other. And I right. said, just go. The meter's running. I went to sleep. Oh, but if, there's another question. So how, do you remember how much you paid for that damn taxi ride? Hell no. Yeah, I'm about to say, that's, that's a 16-year-old motherfucker right there. That easy. No. Like, nah, I don't remember how much it was. I just know, get me to Watford. That's, that's, right. that's where I need to go. That's right. Once you put me out at the door, then I'll see you later and just, like, try not to get me too much. All right. That's good stuff, man. Damn. So, all right, so... You went to school, so when did you leave? You were 16, so that put you at like, what, a sophomore? I was at, uh, uh, I was coming out February's birthday, so yeah. So you was I a was... sophomore going to your junior year? Yeah, yeah. All right, so your junior year, so you're at Hamilton High West for two years. Yes. And then you transfer to yeah. motherfucking England. Yes, I had no choice. I had to go. Hey, know, man. I was, I, I was having problems with my father, and he made my year, my junior year at Hamilton High School West. It was the worst year in my high school, elementary school. It was the worst, man. I couldn't do nothing. I felt like I was in prison. So I just, like, packed up my bags. My mom was uh, came back to New Jersey on a vacation, summertime. And I told him, pick me up at the high school. I got a backpack. I'll come back and get the rest later. I didn't tell him I was leaving. I just took off. Woo! That's the story, man. So where do you think you got that uh, that free spirit from, man? Because that's a... Most kids ain't able to just up and leave the country, yeah. go to another country, yeah. and jump into school. Like, that's something... Like, I, I'm inspired by that. Because it's a lot of adults that are stuck where they at right now. Yeah. It's a lot of people listening to this right now that's just like, man, I, I can't leave the country. I can't even leave the county. No, you can get out there and do your thing. You have to be tough about it, though. It's not going to be easy, but you have to be able to learn and understand other people instead of thinking that they're supposed to understand you. It's a two-way street. That's right. 
That's a jewel. Say that again if you remember it, brother. That was a jewel right there. It's a two-way street. It, you know, each has to carry their own weight. It's not just about me. It's about you, too. So That's right. I want to come to a point where we're like this, where we're talking right now. I want to be like this with everybody. Right. Whereas I get to get my point out, you get your point out, yeah. and then we find some common ground yeah. somewhere in there. I love it. I, man, I love it too, brother. Like, you, you dropping jewels already. Man, 12 minutes into the podcast, you dropping <laughs> jewels, brother. All right, so let's let's recap. So right now, two years in uh, Hamilton High West, then you said, you know what, I'm tired of this. You wasn't getting along with your pop, and you said, I want to leave. Yeah. So explain your relationship with your pop, if you don't mind. Uh, my dad, see, I... I said earlier that, that I'm a, um, a military brat, but it wasn't because my mom married my, my stepfather because he was in the Air Force. My father was in the Army, and uh, he was in Vietnam. Woo! So that's how old I am, and that's how young he was. You know, because he was... <laughs> that's where you put yeah, that. Yeah. That's how old you are. That's how young he is. Yeah, yeah, but only because he when he went to Vietnam, he was... What, 17 years old been whoo, you know maybe that's where you got that free spirit from brother like he, 17 years old and he yeah, fighting he was he was deep though when he came back because I didn't know him when I was a little kid like that I didn't know him when I my dad would see me excuse me uh, my dad would see me maybe on Christmas or the energy whatever summertime but most of the time it was just like I spent my time with my mom and my, my family my grandparents over there Right, and your grandparents, they from Cranberry. Yeah, yeah. Okay. My, my family's country. They, they they country. Frogs, legs, deer, rabbit. Now, see, that's shooting birds. That's so interesting, man, because you... Fishing. Like, you was the person in that family that said, you know what, I'm going to take my ass to England and go to high school. But, you know, normally you think about people from the country. Yes. They not really that tight. They like, yeah. I'm a, if they from Alabama, Tuscaloosa, yeah. they yeah. gonna stay there the rest of their damn life yeah. and live a good life in Tuscaloosa. Mm-hmm. What made you feel like you wanted to get out and see something different? I, because when I, when I was, okay, Greece was when I was uh, 10 years old and I was third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, whatever it was. So you went three so, grades in Greece at 10 years old? I was old? three and a half years in Greece. Ooh. So, but at that point, just like traveling and having to get on an airplane and carry your own bags and pack your own bags and stuff like that, because my mom, she had her own business to do. Yeah, right. You know? So it was like, she told us what to do, what to pack and all this, and you do it or you just got to leave something behind. So right. get your stuff straight. Right. So it wasn't that hard for me to, to go to England at that time. I didn't want to leave her, right? But I just had to go. I, I couldn't go to school in, in uh, Saudi Arabia, so and she was close. The only thing is they didn't have cell phones then, so I couldn't even call her. Like when I no, felt like, it. like, yeah, listen, man. Yeah, you know, I, did they even have beepers? Yeah, they, had beepers. they might have had, but look, you, that was exclusive. You couldn't just get a beeper back in the day. Yeah. You talking what eighty three? Yeah, you talking yeah, about business man. people with beepers on lawyers? Yeah, like I had a beeper in like ninety four, ninety five, but man, eighty three, man, that's shit. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So, like, see, so now we getting into it because now you be digging into you at ten years old, living in Greece for three years, going to school. How was that experience? Oh, that was. Still, I was thinking about Cranberry because when I went there, and there's all these white kids and a handful of black kids, and 
So I didn't really think about color. My family didn't teach me that. And they could say stuff if they wanted to. Right. Because they knew it was like for a black person in Cranberry. But my, my grandparents never put that in my head about right. racism and stuff like that. Right. So when I went to Greece, I felt the same way. Like, I don't see you as some white kid or this, that. You just like a kid my age. Right. Do you play sports? Right. You know, yeah, you find you a common interest. Yeah, what do you do? Right. You know, and so... At that point, I, I wasn't really worried so much. Just, I hooked up with people right away when I was there. Yeah. And, uh, okay, we're talking about Greece. Greece, all we did is play football and fight. I'm talking about playing football. <laughs> football all side with no pads on. We eventually got pads when yeah. the parents got tired of us coming home all broke up. Right. And so they, we, had, we had a couple of football teams. Uh, the Air Force versus the, uh, the Army teams and stuff so, like that. Question. Yes. Or is these t- are these all kids from the army and the air force that are playing that are like American kids? Because yeah. I think football was like a it wasn't a, a sport that I thought was in Greece at that time. Yeah, these are all American kids that left America and yeah. went to Greece and lived on a base. Yes, we lived on a base, and our base was big enough, and there was so many kids that we could afford to have. We had pee wee football. We had whatever. They even had a college or high school team. High school so that's team. all on the base. The way that yeah, basically is, and basically it was the Air Force and the Army, and you know. So was the the school you went to was it an American school with mostly kids from the base, or was it like a school in Greece with like half Greek kids? Or? Yes, yes, it was just like that, an international school as they call it. Oh, okay. international school. So there was everybody there. There was every country you can think of. Uh, uh, Saudis might be there. Uh, you might find uh, Arab. A lot of Arab nations there. Uh, yeah, that's the Middle East, right? The Philippines. I mean, I met a lot of people there. A lot Man, so that is where your worldview comes from, brother. Being well, around all yeah, man, you got exposed to that much stuff at such a young age. It had to expand your, just the way you think about things, the way you think about the world, because the world was smaller to you than it was to most people because they haven't left the country at 10 years old you literally in Greece around all these different people from other countries so you think about things a little differently yeah especially when you hear bad things about somebody that my friends are Saudi Arabian and we get we're in a war with Saudi Arabia so how am I supposed to feel about my friend what is he up to over there you know right it was never I don't know it was deep it was real deep with me and my friends from overseas because we can talk about anything right now. I can get on the phone and call somebody right now. And from when I was 13 years old. Right. And so you you said something, and I'm going to go back to it. You said we, in a, talking about the United States, mm-hmm. in a war at the mm-hmm. time with Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. But you got Saudi Arabian friends that's currently from right. Saudi Arabia. They families in Saudi yes. Arabia. Right there. How Like, that is wow, brother. Like that. So me, Iranians. Yeah, I can show you my yearbook right now and show them all, Turkey, everybody. So do you think that had a big, big uh, influence on your worldview on how you, like you said, you live your life, like you get to know somebody and then they get to know you and it's about a two, it's a two-way street. Right. So do you think a lot of that came from you being in another country and being exposed to all these different cultures and, and oh, nationalities? Yeah. Oh yeah, I feel, when I, since, since I lived in Greece, 
Um, Sotary, but I was there summertime and all kinds of stuff. Like, it's hot as hell there. You think it's hot here right now? I'm telling you right now. When you get off that airplane, yeah. it feels like you stepped into an oven. So I'll say Ooh. that about Saudi Arabia is no joke, man. But um, what was I saying? You was talking about the different places you've been. You said Greece already, Saudi yes. Arabia. So, like when I went to England, my final year of high school, I already knew who the people were and what they were about, like how I could speak to somebody this way or that way. And um, I was kind of surprised at the people that were Middle Easterns, or just like them in general, people from the other countries. Right. And they were dogging each other. They didn't even like the the, the, um, the gym teacher or whatever he was. The Anyway, one of the teachers, because they thought he was Jewish. So they didn't and like, they didn't him, like just this teacher, he was this Jewish. guy. They thought he was Jewish, and they, they then I heard about it. Somebody told me. I'm like, I ain't got no problem with him. Matter of fact, he's my friend. Right, right. Cause that's that's the worldview you had. You was ten years old in another country, and you got used to being around different types of people, man. Right, right. like that, man. Look, we already got deep already. We only twenty minutes in, man. You know, that's, uh-huh. Like that's stuff that a, a lot of people don't realize that's what I think is missing from the world bro like that's why I think people can't get along as easy as they want to get along because shit man, I have, they, they I haven't have been exposed you. I, I have beef with you for what reason there's no reason for me this is something that happened um, my grandfather your grandfather and we our family still got beef about that let that shit go can you remember what happened and then move forward okay forget that we're living right now how do you want to proceed, me and you, as, you know, as a people? I understand it, bro. No, but I, like, man, so far, I just want to say thank you for coming on and sharing this insight, man, because it is powerful. It, it goes to show us in the United States that a lot of people are so closed-minded and they're not open to these new, new trains of thought. Like, just you being exposed changed your life in such a dramatic way. And, you know, since we on that, I want to get into who in your life had the biggest influence. Because you're somebody that you've, you've lived in different countries. You went to school in at least, from my recollection, three different countries. You went to school in Greece. You went to school in England. You went to school in America. So from, from that, who was the biggest influence in your life, even that you think of now as a 56-year-old man? Influence. Uh, well, influences are my family, one, because you see this picture right here? Yep. This picture is my Uncle Ed, mm-hmm. and he passed away uh, when I was a little kid. Oh, my bad. And uh, so this pool table that's sitting here, basically this is his pool table, so so I, I'll never forget him. And Uncle so Ed, I, shout I, out I, to I, him. I put my Uncle Ed right there. So he can see what happens on his table. And, mm. uh, I like. So why was he an influence? What did uh, he do? That's a free spirit. The way that I am, that's him. Right. That's him. Right. Look how laid back he's on that couch. Yeah. He, he looked. Man, I wish y'all could see this picture. He looked mad, relaxed. Man, he looked like a dude from the seventies that was cool as a fan. Probably smoked a bunch of weed. Yes. Yeah. No just, doubt. Yeah. Like he. That's that's his look, man come over to my grandparents' house when I was a little kid. My grandparents were, like, kind of raising us because my mom was a single mom and she had to work. So, but anyway, he would come over on some days, off days, and I'd be home. And he'd come downstairs and shoot pool and then go upstairs and make an 
egg sandwich, an egg sandwich, and put um, ketchup on it. So was it hard boiled egg, or was it no, just scrambled. eating scrambled? All right, yeah, all right. Yeah, I like you. Shout out to Uncle Ed. He he he's still here with us. All right, rest in peace to Uncle Ed, man. We appreciate you. He's still here with me. So who are some other influences in your life? He never gonna leave you, brother. Like he all, he gonna be there with you the rest the rest of your days. He gonna be here. Who, so Uncle Ed was a major influence in your life because of the free spirit. Who else was an influence in your life? Mm. You catch me at a tough moment with that one, influence. Because mm. that's, you know, that's I think that's a question that hits deep. Because, you know, a lot of questions be surface. Really? Right? Like, a lot of us just be like, oh, yeah, that's easy, man. I remember that. It's just it's recollection, really. Yeah, but there's so much to it. There's right. so many people that I can't even. It's not even right. about just, like, one moment. It was, like, we were talking about with um, everything going to different schools and stuff in different countries. And so, even with that, I can't, I can't focus on one thing. I can bring it. If you're talking about one person, there'd be so many names. I mean... Yeah, I you couldn't, can't. I couldn't put it into words. It's not everybody. I can talk about anybody and tell you what experiences I have with them. Oh my God! The first time my grandmother saw me smoke weed, I'll go there real quick. Mm. This, so that's, that wasn't it. God. That's a that's a. Uh, I mean, so you, let me get a backstory of your grandma. Your grandma says she's real country, mm. and she's from Cranberry, New Jersey. Yeah. Which, for those of you that don't know, Cranberry is like rural. But it's not really rural. It's it's very it's about twenty minutes from two different cities. So it's not like in so far out. Yeah. But it's the if deep. you there, it's pretty rural. Yeah, they got farms out there. They got so many farms. All yeah. Stuff. It's, it's farmland pretty much. So your grandma first time you were smoking weed. Get back to that. All right. We were downstairs again. It comes back to this pool table right here. And everybody goes downstairs when we have parties at my grandparents' house, which is every holiday. So Christmas, you know, New Year's, right? Birthdays, right? DJs sometimes coming to the birthday parties, like a DJ. Okay, um, but all my my uncles and you know everybody smoked weed. They're like from the seventies, all big afros and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. So I was downstairs, and I was grown enough to do that. I was drinking already. So I was downstairs smoking, and my grandmother didn't know I smoked. And she came downstairs, and I didn't hear her. <laughs> so she came around. She came down the steps, and she got halfway down the steps and looked at me, and she just like, and she said it kind of loud too. Oh my God, they got my baby too. She said it loud. Oh, oh man. I'm standing there with it in my hand. And what you feeling? I, I, I felt like, oh, I didn't want her to know this. Not like this. Not yeah. funny. They were laughing at me and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> about how old was you then? Maybe your early 20s? Late I, teens? I, I might have been 19, 18. 19, yeah. definitely. Yeah. I wasn't out there too much that they knew about it. You know, I just got out of high school. So that was your first introduction into being a hooligan. (laughs) Grandma looked at you a little different after that day. Yeah, because then all of a sudden when somebody, again, we have parties and stuff like that, so if somebody says, oh, well, we going outside. So you know that's code for we going outside to smoke some weed. You know what that means. You coming, and then when half the room clears out, they were just eating turkey and stuff like that, and they heard weed, and everybody got up out their plate and went outside. Yeah, yeah. Like they went, I got to talk to them real quick. I'm uh, right back. <laughs> a, bu- a bunch of plates of turkey at the table. Yeah, we'll be back to that the, hardcore. We'll uh, need seconds. Once the munchies come, boy, <laughs> you, you know you're going to need some. That's right. So what type of influence is your grandmother playing in your life? Oh, man. <laughs> 
she took care of me, she raised me, she told me, because, like, how, how far back can you remember from when you were a baby, let's say, when did you realize yourself, and was it two years old, three, your first memory, so, anyway, damn, I'm getting into it. Yeah, you are, man, hey, man, look, nobody know who you are, man, this is Journey Podcast, matter of fact, y'all listening now, y'all can contribute to it. We got a, a, a thing up there where you can donate to the podcast. We could branch it out, do a little more. But sorry about that. Go ahead, brother. Sorry to cut you off. No, that's okay. Your pitch was nice. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks right. for noticing, man. See, yeah, that's we, right. We, we, we keep it real. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We can keep it all the way real. Now, see, I forgot what I was saying. You was talking about <laughs> your grandma and you smoking weed and, and the influence your grandmother had on your life. Oh, because she took care of me. It didn't matter about anything. If I ever had a problem. I could go to her without, and she would not hesitate. I'm talking about after England and stuff like that, when I'm, I had to be out there by myself. I did live with them for a minute. I didn't like that. I should be out there by myself. But when I moved out and branched out and had a place, sometimes I, my rent was like overdue or and yeah, I was struggling a, hard. It wasn't like I didn't years. have a job or nothing like that. My grandmother, without hesitating, she would say, all right, I got you. I, Grandma, I need this. Yeah. And just like, I would get on a train here, and it was um, when I was living on Marion Street here in Trenton. Right. And I would take the train to uh, Princeton Junction and go and hang out with her. But, you know, I had to ask her for money because I didn't know what to do. I had no clue. I had nobody to talk to. My mom had passed. But anyway, um, she all, has always been there for me, no matter what. She's listened to every thing that I, I've ever done where I was embarrassed to talk about like the most embarrassing thing you can think of I would tell my grandmother she told me I could write a book I believe you can man what, what we've heard already is, is some powerful powerful stuff brother so let's get into if you don't mind we get into your personal life just a little alright so you're married you got any kids what's the situation there Oh, you should just went for the kid part. <laughs> oh, well, you know what? We will go for the kid part since you said that. So yeah. let's talk about you got any kids. Yes, I do. And I just found out that I had a kid. Now, I'm 56. And I found out uh, five, six years ago, six years ago that I have a son. And Wait, so you, you found out when you was 50 that you had your, a kid? Yeah, from England. What? So, so and wait. I wasn't a slut when I was in high school. No, nah, I don't I know, was, man. You, no, you no, took no. 50 years? 50 years to find out. Get a backstory on that. Okay, so when I was in England, I was playing a lot of basketball. I was in the basketball, doing my schoolwork, keeping it semi up to par. But, you know, I, I was out there trying to find a girlfriend. I, As any teenage boy is going to do. So I found one that was ready for it. Mm-hmm. Ready? When you say it, I know what you mean. You ain't oh, got to no, get no deep. No, it is not just it, it. Just like communication, because I could talk to her and just like we would hang out. It did. She had her own classes and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, we would always sit back and and talk. Let's go get a hamburger or something like that, and go sit back in this place called a Tuck Shop and just eat and just like talk, listen to music. Right. Like the and it got relationship building stuff. Yeah, it got, it got deeper. So anyway, um, I she never told me that was the thing. I told my grandmother. Here's my grandmother coming up again. After England, I kept telling my grandmother, "I think I have a child. I think I have a child." And she listened to me, and I said, "I can feel it." And she listened to that from me from the age I said right after 
but I was in my 20s, my tw 25th birthday, and I could feel it. And then when it happened, when he contacted me. And when did he contact you? Uh, actually, it was the, the next day. His mother told me first because she didn't tell me, so she had to tell me. Right. The mother. Yes, she never told me, and I talked to her. Okay. When I found out that she had my child and then she um, gave up for adoption, mm. I, she didn't tell me. Uh, her claims is that she didn't even know she was pregnant. What? And she was probably, she was probably, if I do my math right, she was probably feeling it when I was still there. Right. If my mom so this is when you was in England when you yes. conceived the baby. Yeah. When when the baby was he, I left '84. He's his birthday is '85. Um, Whew. Yeah. So, so I got he literally like, wasn't in the country when he was born. Yes, it was afterwards, and I used to talk to her on the phone when I got back here to Jersey again, and I would be on the phone talking to her. She would send me big cards and stuff like that with hugs and kisses, and she already had the kid. She was living in um, San Diego when she. We started talking on the phone. She left England. So this American she gave woman. up. She, yeah, she, yes, she's American. My bad. She's American. And um, <laughs> so I talked to her on the phone after we got out of high school, but she never told me anything. It was just like we would have fun talking like nothing happened. Oh, I want to come see you and stuff like that. And That's what that she would never tell you. So, but then when, when she had to tell me, because Andy found her first. Because mm. she's the birth mother, so, so he had, he found the records on her that this is my mother. So she, let me recap. So you you you, you was in England. You went to high school out there, yep. and apparently, unbeknownst to you, you got yeah. a woman a, a girl pregnant yes. in England. And then you come back to to Jersey or the United States, yes. and about roughly so you said that was when you was about what 18, 18 19 yes 18 I, I was 18 when he was born so you came back all and these years so all these years later he born in 85 you said yes and you find out about it in this is about six years ago so uh 2022 yeah. so you found out about it 2016 yes you had the baby in yes. 1985 yes. and found about it Found out about it in 2016. She was never going to tell me. He found her. So that's the only reason you found out? Yes. She was never going to tell me. She was never going to tell me. She lives in Iowa. So, you know, um, there are some religions in Iowa that they don't appreciate. So, but they, sh I, I wanted them to tell me. If I knew that she was pregnant and I was still there, I wouldn't have left. My mom wouldn't have let, let me leave. Right, because my mom was there at my graduation. If if I said came to her and said, "Hey, mom, guess what? Um, my 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 girlfriend," did. and she'd be like, "Well, you know what you gotta do." You yeah, she'd have made you take care of the baby. Yeah, you gotta stay here, cause I I could have stayed if I wanted to. I could have. That's the messed up part. I could have stayed there if I wanted to. They offered me a scholarship, and I could play basketball on the slide and make some money. So. You you eighteen, you come back home, eighteen, nineteen. Yes. You had the baby over there. Yes. How, so let's get back to when you found out. So you said your son yes. turns out you said his name, but I ain't gonna say it again. Yeah, okay. You uh he he contacted the mom and around what year was this, if you can remember? I have no idea. 
no idea because it, it was when I can't remember the year. I, she blew me out. She asked the first question she asked me when she, uh, she called me. This is how messed up it is. She had my cell phone number and she called me on my cell phone. Oh. So first it was Facebook. Then she called me on my. It was Facebook. Then she called me on my and phone. And never told, told you nothing. No, and I never said nothing to her. This is the gentleman that I am. I think I don't know. We made a baby, but she did me dirty. That's the way I feel about it. Real dirty. And, yeah. And like, the end that and my son. She so, didn't but, even tell you. No. And she was talking to you. Yes. So I wasn't even really that mad at her. Not really. I I, I was like I knew I knew something was up, but I didn't know it was her. Cause so at your 25th birthday, you tell your grandmother you feel like you got a baby out there. Yeah. And that premonition was real. I, like I you, it wasn't even a premonition. You had all you had a a six year old at that point yeah. that you didn't even know about. So yeah. you said she gave the baby up for adoption. Yes. Whew. My my grandmother went when when okay check this out. Okay, so now it comes to pass that it is true, and I'm telling people on Facebook. I got a son. I got. A, I told you I got a right, son. So I called my grandmother first. I called her. I said, "Remember what I told you before?" Yeah. And she was like, "What do you mean?" And the first thing that came out of her mouth was just like, um, "Well, you know, you need a DNA test." Right. So, <laughs> so when you find, you think you get an inkling, or, or how how did you find out first? Did she tell you, or did your your son tell you? She told me, and she asked me, uh, "Have you been drinking or anything?" And back in England, she didn't know me like that. I, I wasn't like that. Like, right, but she she ain't know you as yeah, a person she, that might she, drink. She, yeah, so she just like asked me first, uh, are you okay? Because I got to tell you something. Oh, you know something heavy when somebody tell you that. I had I, I had a cigarette. I took a cigarette and I went outside because I could, I don't know, I could feel it because there was no reason for her to call me. We haven't talked in, I don't know, how many years. And so when she called me, she was either going to tell me something devastating about herself or devastating that is about me. Right. Like, yeah, one or two. <laughs> the way you, you can feel like from the way she was telling yeah, you. Like, yeah. All right, so pretty much, are you sitting down? That was one of them yeah, situations. Yeah. So sitting I down. went and grabbed a cigarette. I grabbed Newport and I went outside and I smoked it on the back. Yeah, right. She told me outside and I was pacing back and forth on the grass before you moved here. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I was, I was, I didn't trip at first. I was laughing. I was smiling. But to tell my grandmother, and she told me, well, you have to do this and you have to do that. And yeah, Grandma, I know. So we did all that <laughs> Grandma stuff. Grandma's telling you, like, yo, we need a DNA test, baby. I don't believe nothing. Yeah. So me and my wife. We went to England, and once we found out that it was like the real deal, this is us, and we had spent so much time talking on Facebook, so I immediately wanted to go to, to England to, to see him with his family. Right. So, so we listen, did that. So he he was a uh, he was adopted, and then so he goes on a search for his birth parents. Yes. And then he finds the mother. The mother contacts you, lets you know. Yeah. And then once y'all get, once y'all, you y'all, she lets you know. Yeah. Then y'all start, you start talking to your son. Yes. How was the first conversation with your son? Uh, it was complicated because I didn't know what he knew of me. I had no idea what what he thought of me. He thought I just like abandoned ship or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. So the conversation was. Um, He's a Brit. He don't, he don't, he's a certain way. Right, okay. I mean, so that's a tough conversation it. either way. Like on both yeah, ends. Yeah, we, we, we had to take it slow. We had to take it slow. And 
I, I was wearing them out because every chance I got, I would um, look up. Now, what time is it here in, in the United States? It's 11 o'clock. So what time is it in England? Oh, okay. He might be up. And so I was get on Facebook and trying to contact yeah, yeah, yeah. him and stuff like that. And, um, and he, he said one time, he's like, I'm not a bit writer or something like that. Like, he's like, I can't keep up with you. Right. Because you're like, asking a whole lot of questions and talking. And I mean, it, it, so the, 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 the craziest part, the craziest part, here's the real deal. Uh, what I wanted to get get to him about is what what do you think I did in in this relationship with your mother? Right. And and he didn't know that she didn't tell me. He didn't know. So this whole I had to tell him. She didn't even let him know. So she no. had already talked to him before you yes. had gotten contact. And she with didn't him. tell him what happened. Why this? Why oh. that? She didn't say nothing to him. So he's like looking for me. And the, my first was feeling was what does he think I did right because Absolutely. I didn't know until like when yeah like I, I'm a 50 year old man finding out about you kid yeah so it was it had to be that conversation when I brought it up to him and I had to talk to him about it and this had I didn't even have this conversation with him until after a year that he had been living here because he moved here he moved it he moved here for he stayed here for a few years you know whatever. so he was in he England, was in England and then, and then he went when we went over to England to go get his paperwork straightened out that his biological mother and father are American, so now he's not just classified as a Brit, he's an American, so he's got two passports. Woo! Man, passports, and we, had, we went to England to go get him hooked up like that. Listen, man, I, I did not expect that, man. That was heavy. Like, so... We, we done got in the, you've been in three different countries, so you went back to England, realized you had a child, then you, so you met him yeah. in person, yeah. then y'all came back. Yes. And so, how, how was that relationship at the beginning? Like, what, what, how would you describe it? Like, just not, not only just the relationship, but how you felt when you first met him. Like, you, I mean, I know you, you talked a little bit about how you felt when you realized that you had a child. But how I felt about him as a person once I met him. Yeah. Or well, not even as a person, like how was it to... The first to, I mean, how, how was it, so let me go back, let me recap. So, do you have any other kids? No, I don't think so. No, so that, nobody told me nothing. Right, right, so that's your first child at 50 years old after you pretty much like, nah, I probably ain't gonna have no kids. You thought it was over for you. Yeah, pretty much. I, ain't I, mean, no I, ain't, I didn't have anybody else to tell it to. Like, I think I got, at this point, at 50 years old, 50 whatever year when I found out, then it was just like, after 50, no, I ain't got nobody out there. Right, right. Because ain't nobody came to me yet. I don't know nothing. Yeah. I don't have no kids. But then here he comes. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a, man, that is crazy, brother. Like, that's, that's just so heavy. Like, I, that, throwing me for a loop right now, but I'm, I'm going stage focused and keep on going with it. Oh, his, so. his family there, when, when we went there, we stayed for like a week. And we stayed at this hotel and that hotel until we got close to where his his uh, adoptive parents lived, or his mother. He was, right. He was living with his mother. And they're very religious. So, oh, Mormons. Or they're, they're on that track. They're they're like them. What is theirs? Uh, in, I, in, 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 I, yeah, her family. 
and oh, so her, so you talk about his 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 family, yeah, his family, the, his adoptive parents, they were Mormons. Yes, they're in England. In England, I didn't even know. I'm be totally honest. I'm keep it all the way above. I didn't know there was Mormons in England, man. <laughs> Who knew? And all the families in England. Yeah, I would have figured he was Catholic. Oh no, and he was hardcore too because when I met him, he was preaching to me every once in a while. He would do stuff or say things, and he gave me a Bible. He gave it to me a couple times. The Book of Mormon. <laughs> yeah, he gave it. To, it's upstairs right now. Oh man, the Book of Mormon. So, man, you, you that's crazy, bro. Yeah. So, all right. So let's fast forward to when. So he's in England. You meet him. You go over there. You check everything out. You get all his papers right. You get all this straightened out that he's an American citizen because he was born to two American parents. Then he comes over here. Yeah. How is that? Like, so he's in. So did he live in the house with you? Yes, and I didn't even know he was coming. When we left England, when we finally came back here, there was really no discussion at that point, like, well, I'll see you at this date or something like that. He had some other issues he had to deal with, you know, talking about him coming here. Right. My wife likes to give surprises. So one day, I'm sitting on the couch, and I'm watching TV, like, just doing my old humdrum stuff. And the door opens, and here comes my wife in. And then Andy comes in behind her. Yeah. Oh man, so she surprised oh, me. That's they a hell of a tell surprise, me. Tell man. Me. That's a surprise like a mug, boy. Like, and they didn't tell okay. me. And he came through the door, and I when I saw him, and the first thing I, my my son is half white, half black, so his skin is like like yellow. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so all I saw in the corner of my eye was yellow, and I was like, that's. Is that Andy? And I stood up like an old man, like, yeah. is that my boy? Is that my boy? <laughs> <laughs> my son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like a came up. Yeah, like a Lion King when they <laughs> hold up Simba. Just yeah. like, this is him. He's here. Yeah, that's what I do. Oh, man, that's heavy, man. Oh, my cheeks are hurting just thinking about that because yeah. that's exactly how it happened. Yeah, so, but that was a good feeling at that moment. At that moment, yes. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I'll take that. They're like, that's a, that's heavy. So, so at the time, so get to how he ended up staying with you. Um, there was not really a discussion. Once he came in, I had already told him that if you want to come over here and stay with me or, you know, find out about this part of the family, then you can do that. Or you can go over and be with your mom, your biological mom in Iowa. Right. And so he came here first because, again, he didn't know my relationship or what happened between me and his mother so I wanted to give him better, show him what it's about right and I can sh I'll show you who I am first and tell you some things and then you go over there to Iowa and then you stay with her for a week and he did right so how was his reaction to knowing that his his biological mother didn't tell you like how was yeah I, how was that I just let it go because I had to show him I had to show him I, I I could talk about it. Anybody could talk about it. He doesn't know me. My words mean nothing. But, I mean, I had letters that she wrote me. I had letters that she wrote me, and it was after 1985. He that was born kept, in 1985. And you kept those letters? Yes, I got a oh. nice... I go upstairs in the, in the room right now and go get you that big card I was telling you with, with all oh, that I love you stuff man. on it. I got upstairs. I can show you right now. So you show him those. Yes, so I he did. knew, like, Yes, I did. This I man didn't know nothing about me. Yes, and I had to show him. I couldn't tell him, and I... 
I felt bad for him that he didn't know. Maybe he thought a certain way. Right. But I had to vindicate myself. That's right. Because he might feel that 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 badness. So I had to show him the paperwork and say, right, hey, 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 go right here, right her writing, but that's her writing. Everybody. Oh man! But we never really talked about it after that. After that, I just let alone. I said what I had to say and I showed him what it was. So he took it and just like we never talked about it ever. Right. It was nothing to talk about. Right. It's really not. It's really not. Like, I think your uh, perspective on life really came through in those moments because you more like, hey, man, I got a son. I'm just going to ride this out. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go good or bad. I'm going to be here. I'm your dad. Let's rock out. He he, he got his his way of of, uh, dealing with life or the way he thinks about this. And now all of a sudden, I I got this growing demand within here. And I'm just getting married. And so (laughs) I'm dealing with being married. And now my son is here. Oh, man, it was deep. So let's talk about marriage, man. How long you been married? Uh, It'll be 11 years in February. Yeah, February. And how was her reaction to that? To Andy? So yeah, you having the son at fifty five. Oh, she was happy. She, my wife, she likes to see me happy. I'll say that I love her, and she shows me love all the time. It doesn't matter. Uh, she, so she was happy for you. Yeah, she was happy that I was happy, and then she got to meet him and talk to him, and she fell in love with him. She likes buying him. He's a carpenter, and so when he came here to live, so he wanted to get out there and find a job and do his carpenter thing. And she was buying tools and stuff like that, you know, just like... Yeah, like taking care of him like he was your son. Yes. I mean, well, he is your son. Like, not like he was your son, he is your son. Yeah, so she was doing all kinds of stuff. She was, she was, she liked it. She liked it a lot. Man, that is, that's a crazy story, man. So, look, we getting to like 10 minutes left. Because, you know, these podcasts got to be an hour, man. But I wish I, I might have to have you come back on... For a second episode, man, because this is—he's saying a lot here, brother. Oh, I skipped over a lot too. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you I, did. I wish I could have told you about Greece when I was like from ten years old to thirteen. And I, I thought I was grown. I, I was bad to the bone, man. Fighting and stuff. Yeah. Fighting football. Yeah, I'm sure. Like, man, I, it's just so much to take in. So let me get back to my questions here. So, what has been your biggest obstacle in life so far? And how have you gotten through it? Like something that, you know, could have took you out, could have changed your life. Because you said a lot. Mm-hmm. You said, man, you talked about Greece. You talked about moving to England. You talked about having a child that you knew nothing about. What, if, what would you describe as your biggest obstacle? Uh, my biggest obstacle. Because you talked about your relationship with your, your parents. Like... You know all that stuff, man. Moving to another country. The, the only obstacle that 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 I could have had is not being able to try try different things, think a different way, think right. it, grow up, right? Grow up. That you feel like not not being able, like so. Explain that more, if you can. Okay. Uh, no, I can't. I can't. All right. So you I, said like not being able to grow up. So that's that's a that's a fear of mine. Like uh, even now, I'm I'm still growing. I'm, I'm wondering, am I okay? Am I doing the right thing? Hey man, it's the, look. The name of this podcast is the journey, and I feel like yeah. that's a beautiful part of the journey of life, man. Because you never feel like you made it. You never feel, regardless of what you're doing, you're right. it's always more, man. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. you, it's. 
Because you've lived a full-ass life, man. And we talked about a lot of it. And for you to say that, I think is a, a, a strong asset for you because you still, like, every day in life, regardless of what you go through, what we all go through, we all are all on a path. Like, we all want more. Whatever it is, oh, yeah. we want more. We want, you know, the meaning of life and all that stuff, mm-hmm. getting into that. So... That's I, I, that's valid, bro. I, I really feel you on that. Like, have you grown up? Like, what is growing up? That's what I'm trying to figure out. And then, then so then I have conversations with people and figure out what, what what's on their mind about a subject I'll talk about. Right. And maybe they'll tell me something like, yeah, you know, maybe you should have did something a little bit different. And so I, I go that way. I get deep on myself sometimes and just... I started thinking about what other people would do if I if if I was in a situation and I did it different. It's hard to explain. No, I get it, brother, because I think like I was there years ago, and then I got to a point where I'm like, man, we're all unique beings, man. We're all humans, but everybody's journey and experiences in life is different. You know what I mean? It's what, what works for me may not work for you, and I think. We gotta find that that sweet spot of all right. I, I know who I am. I know what I want to do. I know what I'm about, and this is what I'm after. This is the things I want to pursue, or whatever the case may be. And I think that's a that's a thing where we all have to get through as we grow into whoever we're gonna be. Right. And you never stop growing. You never stop evolving, oh, man. Yeah. I, like you know, now you 56. I'm sure you could go back and tell your 26 year old self. A whole bunch of information. A whole lot. Oh my God, I'd be kicking myself in the butt. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, dog, do this. Like, yeah. but it's you know, it's always easier once you go through it. But when, before you go through it, you know, you don't really know. Like, you know what I mean? And then, even if somebody tells you, it's different. But that's that's what this is all about, man. The journey. Like, it's the like appreciating the journey of life in whatever way it may come. You know what I mean? So I think that's a great piece of introspection that you did where you like I asked you what was your biggest obstacle in life and you like man I ain't really like you don't look at it yeah. as obstacles now I believe that I believe everything you go through is for the betterment of you right you know what I mean so whatever whatever it is that happens is for you to become a better you out of right. that situation that, that, that's what I mean that's what I mean because things are gonna happen you got to deal with it. how are you gonna deal with it that's gonna make you a better person, how you how you handle because you can curl up in a ball sometimes. That's what you could. You could and it's not recommended. No. <laughs> I don't think that's been successful for nobody. I know and I'm fighting it right now. Yeah, like that's real, man. That's vulnerability, man. Yeah. Shout shout out to you for that vulnerability, man. Yeah, sometimes we all right get now. that feeling. I feel like I can't get things right and I, I have to focus real hard on uh, what I need to do. And I can't once I get a negative thought in my head, then that kind of ruins my whole day, and it'll keep with me. And then I can't do what I wanted to do. Right. Whatever so, goal I had for the day. Right. I'll just put it off. You know. Right. I, I can't. I, like, do I don't. Know, I can't handle today. Just like some somebody said something to me, and just like I'm negative thinking right now. Right. So I'm trying to get over that. But that's that's, bro. We all go through similar situations. Mm-hmm. Like for me. I try to take every day, one day at a time. Like they say in uh, what they say, uh, rehab, when you go, uh, hey, hey, one day at a time. I'm like, man, that, that applies for life. One day at a time, do the best you can every day. 
is some days the best you can may not be the best you at your best. You might just be having a bad day. One of them days, you're like, all right, I just got to get through this one. Yeah. Then tomorrow is a whole new day. Yeah, I just got to sleep this off. All right, so last question. <laughs> last question of the day, brother. What was your biggest turning point in life? Like, what do you feel like was something that said, you know, your biggest turning point? Now, I'm going to just repeat the question. What was the, the biggest turning point in your life? Um, dude will be saying this because... Uh, you kind of said, asked me that question before, right? In the beginning, yeah. And so the turning point was when I was 16 years old and I had to make my first decision as a man because I think 16, you, you basically a man. You a man? Yeah, you, you got two more years for somebody in in, in uh, government to tell you you're 18, you're a man. Now go to. I thought I think 16 is that point. Right. So that's when you have to start making decisions for yourself. And right. I made a decision at 16 years old. And that changed my life. I, I could have just like stayed where I was at and just sucked it up and let somebody suck the life out of me, my father, and just like be less of a person, maybe. Right. You know, whoever I am now, I probably would have been a lesser man having somebody put me down all the time. You know, that and that that can't that can't happen to me. That can't right. happen. That's and why that I gotta go. That got long lasting effects, brother. That I learned that in one year. Yeah. One year being with him. You was in a situation where you knew if I stay in this situation, my life is not going to be as good as it possibly can and be. That was it. And you me. got out of it, and you made that choice at sixteen. At sixteen. So kudos to you for that, brother, because that's not an easy thing, man. Yeah, I, I mean, most kids would be like scared, like, oh, what am I going to do? What, right. Where am I going to go? Right. You know? Am I making the right decision? I, I already knew the right decision was to go. I had to, or else I would have been. I don't even know. So 40 years later, you happy with that decision? You happy with that choice? Yes, I am. Absolutely. I love that, man. Been all around the world, and I'm telling myself right now. I don't know why I said that. But all anyway, right. I just like, I, I'm telling myself right now, but I've done a lot of stuff. Oh, and I man. don't get to talk about that much. And you like, you listen to me. I listen to you too. Right. When I give you a chance. Hey, hey, man, it's all good, brother. It's all good, brother. I'm, I, I'm glad you got to get it out and get that story out there because I feel like I'm inspired by just knowing at 16 years old, you made a choice to go to another country and live your life and start your life that nine out of 10, 16 year olds not gonna make even to this day. Because you know, the world seems a little smaller just because, you know, internet. Everybody, you can contact anybody all around the world. Right. But back then, that wasn't no normal shit. No. And you say, you know what, fuck it. Oh, you know what? We down to like two minutes left. So I'm a, it, the last question of the day. Oh, this is going to be the tough one. Right? No, this is an easy one. Right. So every on the journey episode, because everybody has a story, we are what we need, and we got to inspire and be inspired, the journey. So you get to name your episode. You got four words to name your episode. What are those four words going to be? There's no wrong answers here, sir. Whatever, whatever right, name you yeah. give it is the name it's gonna have. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, oh my God, that's, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, it is a hard. Yeah, your first guess, he had a hit a tough time, but he, he did well on that. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. I, I can't, I can't even. I can't even. And that's what I thought about when I was gonna do this. Pressure podcast. makes great diamonds. Was yeah, the first that's one. Why I, I probably shouldn't listen to the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, you're down to like 50 seconds, brother. All right, 50 seconds. Uh, uh, 
Confused Black Man's Journey. Confused Black Man's Journey. I love that. Confused Black Man's Journey. And that is another episode of the Journey Podcast. Brother, I got to thank you for coming on and being so vulnerable, being so transparent, man. I, I hope people out there that got a chance to listen to this are inspired by the story. Like, it's an intriguing story. And like your grandmother told you, I'm going to second that. You definitely can write a book, brother. Because yeah. that thing, man, I, I think you should start today, tonight, man. Don't even go to sleep. Just, man, stay up. If you got a typewriter, computer, phone, whatever you got, man, start typing that thing because it's beautiful. This has been the Journey Podcast. I hope y'all can support it, share it, like it.